and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a bedtime story. I am so happy to be back. As you may have noticed, I took a much-needed break, and thank you so much for your patience. This week, I have for you a story that may sound familiar to those of you who attended the live show in November. You got to hear a little snippet of this story, and I promised you the rest. Well, here it is. This story is written by me, and it's called Erica. Take your fucking kid inside. I'm done being polite, Erica. If I see her around my door again, I'm calling CPS about an unmonitored child. Let go of me! The frazzled woman gently pushed the popsicle-stained six-year-old into the crack where her mother held the door half open. Don't you dare touch my child, you redneck-ass bitch! She lives here and has the same rights to the courtyard as anybody else! Why don't you get a job and stop nosing into everyone else's business? I know you don't work. I see your man leave every morning and get home late every night, working his fingers to the bone while you sit your ass at home and watch soaps. Just keep her away from my door, or I will call Child Protective Services. Erica slammed the door in the woman's face and took a drag off her cigarette. This place had gone to hell ever since that southern trash had moved in. She thought. Her daughter could play wherever the hell she wanted. She wasn't allowed near the pool, and she knew it. She was a good girl. She stayed outside the pool's fence. None of the other neighbors minded her peeking in their windows or playing dolls on their doorsteps. But oh, Miss Dixie Queen sure cared. Who the hell was that? Bill called from the bathroom. He was getting dressed to start third shift at the plaster plant. That new neighbor complaining about Addie just being a little girl again. Here two months and she acts like she owns the place. You know, I tried to be nice and exchange numbers with her once. Tried to be neighborly. And then she could just text me if Addie was being a bother, instead of making such a spectacle of herself. You know what she told me? What? Bill called, the pleasantly clean scent of his aftershave wafting in from the bathroom. We don't own a cell phone. Can you believe that? What kind of hippie nonsense? I mean, I know she dresses like a prairie woman, but that doesn't mean she has to live like one. Ah, don't pay her any mind. I offered to help the husband lift some big chest of drawers when they moved in, and he acted like I was trying to pull a scam on him or something. They seem like your run-of-the-mill yahoos. Maybe you're right. One last drag, and she stamped out her cigarette. And with that one motion... She was mad all over again. You know what? No. Addie lives here too. What does she expect me to let a six-year-old just go down to the park by herself? With all the meth heads and pedophiles? She isn't loud or destructive. She just plays with her dolls, and if that See You Next Tuesday is so worried about a six-year-old peeking in her living room, then maybe she has a guilty conscience and is spending her days doing things she shouldn't be. Lord knows she isn't working. Maybe she has a boyfriend that sneaks in through the alley while her husband works his life away for her to stay at home and not lift a finger. Bill chuckled at his wife's sudden foray into conspiracy theories concerning the new neighbors. He kissed her forehead. Look, honey, 
Maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea just to tell Addie to stay away from their door. It's just one door, and we don't want any trouble. Now, I'll see you in the morning. I love you. Love you. You stay safe. This battle had been raging since the moment those two yahoos, as Bill had called them, had moved in. It started out with the woman being sweet, letting Erica know that Addie was peeping in her window. Erica, of course, laughed it off, told her kids were curious, and walked away. Then the woman tried to say Addie had opened her front door and waltzed into her apartment. Addie admitted she turned the doorknob, but Erica informed the lady that she should have had her door locked anyway. This wasn't the best neighborhood. If anything, Addie had taught her a lesson about safety. Honestly, a grown woman forgetting to lock her door? That was her own fault. Addie is a child. Blaming a child for your own shortcomings? How shameful. But Bill was right. It was just one door. Addie, sweetie, can you come in here? Mommy needs to talk to you. Erica called from the living room. The little girl came bouncing in, the skin around her mouth still red and sticky. In her irritation with that neighbor witch, Erica had forgotten to wipe her down. Yes, Mommy? Erica sighed and grabbed a clean washcloth from the pile of laundry she was about to fold. Come to the sink. Let's get that gunk off your face. She ran the water until it was lukewarm, wet the washcloth, and began scrubbing at Addie's face. Too hard, Mommy! Addie protested while squirming and scrunching up her nose. If you'd hold still, it wouldn't be, Addison Jane. Now, remember, I wanted to talk to you. About what? Well, you know the neighbor, Mrs. Smith? I hate her! Honey, don't say hate. It isn't nice. Anyway... Mrs. Smith has made it pretty clear she doesn't want you playing around their door. Mommy, it's not fair. That's where the white flowers grow, is in the bush right next to there, and that's my favorite spot ever. And when Mrs. Rodriguez lived there, she didn't care, and she would even bring me food and gave me a really pretty bracelet one time, remember? For my birthday? Addie, I understand, and I don't think it's very fair either. But remember, we have to learn to share. Sharing isn't just for toys, it's also for space, and, well, Mrs. Smith prefers her space to be cold and lonely. It isn't up to us to decide. It's her space. She pays for it, just like Daddy and I pay for our space here. But you said she was lazy and didn't have a job, and so she doesn't pay for her space. I did say that, but... Mr. Smith, her husband, pays for the space, and that counts, too. Isn't your room still your room, even though Mommy and Daddy pay for it? Or should we have you start applying for jobs? I'm too little to work. Are you sure? I bet you'd make a great green beans taste tester. Green beans? Pew! They laughed, and Addie wasn't too upset. That made one of them. Erica was angry. 
angry at the shitty apartment complex for doing the bare minimum and only keeping one of the flower bushes alive. Angry at that awful woman who was keeping her precious baby from playing near the one flower bush. Angry at Bill for convincing her to tell Addie to stay away and always wanting to keep his head down and not cause a stir. That attitude is why he never gets promoted, either. He chooses to just blend in which brought her back to being angry about having to live in this shitty apartment complex. What was that woman's name again? Marjorie? Maybe she should put in a complaint to the landlord. Tell him that Marjorie Smith in apartment 3A was harassing her child. Maybe he'd tell her to leave Addie alone, or hell, maybe he'd even evict her, really put an end to it. Though... She would probably need evidence of this harassment, and on top of that, she just told Addie that that particular door was off-limits, and she was such a good girl. She knew she'd listen, so she would have to figure out how to undo her orders. They were technically Bill's orders, too, so she'd have to be smart about this. She couldn't have Addie running to tell Bill that she'd encouraged her to taunt the neighbor. Oh, well, now, it isn't taunting, just giving the neighbor something to yell about. And if Erica timed it all just right, she could make sure the landlord was around to hear. Gary, the landlord, loved Addie, and he would be appalled that this new girl was screaming at her for being in the common area of the building. Satisfied with her plan, Erica began to fold the laundry. Soon it would be time to make dinner and put Addie in bed. She had an early shift at the restaurant, Her and Bill would be like two ships passing in the night. With it being summer, at least they both had Addie to keep them company while the other was away. Erica lit another cigarette to calm her nerves that were once again going haywire. Who does that bitch think she is? She muttered under her breath. Turning the TV on one of those daytime judge shows. Well, she thought, she may not know who Marjorie Smith is thought she was, but she sure as shit was going to find out who Erica is, and that was someone who was not to be fucked with. Two days later was her day off. Bill was sleeping for his late shift, and Gary was poking around the property doing inspections on some units that had just become vacant. It was perfect timing. This way, both Bill and Gary would see that witch yell at Addie. It was also a warm day, and the pool was surrounded by other residents of the complex. Erica had seen Marjorie's husband leave for work, and she hoped he would be around for the show, but considering he was home during their last confrontation, Erica assumed he must just turn a blind eye to his wife's antics and wouldn't be much help anyway. He did seem to be much older than his mousy little wife, probably just gives her what she wants because he knows that lightning would never strike twice when it came to romancing some hot young thing. (laughs) Erica snorted. Marjorie was young all right, but hot isn't exactly what came to mind with her floor-length floral cotton dresses and buttoned-up cardigans. Her face always looked pinched. Her eyes always narrowed like she needed glasses but never wore them. She also never had shoes on. What a hillbilly. The plan for the day was to use a little reverse psychology on Addie. She went to her closet and pulled out the dollar store version of a Barbie wedding dress. 
She had even sprung for dollar store Ken in a tuxedo as well. She went to the doorway of Addie's room, keeping her voice down so as not to wake Bill. Addie, honey, I have a surprise for you, she said, keeping the packages hidden. Addie was on the floor playing with her dolls, her hair a mess. She was wearing mismatched rainbow-striped leggings and a Little Mermaid pajama top. A surprise! She squealed. Shh, we don't want to wake Daddy. Yep, you've been such a good girl, so I got you these. Erica produced the presents from behind her back. I got you a dress for whichever Barbie you decide gets to marry the man of her dreams. Oh my gosh, Mommy! Thank you, thank you, thank you! Addie jumped up and down with excitement, then remembered to hug her mother before plopping back down on the ground to tear open the boxes. Oh, and sweetie, I was thinking, you should have the wedding outside. It's so beautiful today. I'll even bring you out a Twinkie you can use as a wedding cake. Yes! Outside wedding, outside wedding, the little girl chanted. Then, remembering her sleeping father, continued in a whisper, holding her new presents like trophies above her head. Outside wedding, outside wedding! She then turned her attention back to her floor to pick the perfect bride from her array of dolls. Erica smiled to herself and went into the kitchen to prepare the wedding cake and some lemonade and Cheetos for the wedding coordinator. Addie was already outside in the middle of the walkway to the pool, setting up the procession. She had chosen her newest doll to marry Ken, with a gaggle of mismatched bridesmaids, and the wedding guests were whichever dolls had been colored on with markers or whose hair Addie had cut. (laughs) Even Ken prefers younger women. Erica chuckled to herself as she brought over the snacks. You know, sweetie, the only thing that can make this wedding absolutely perfect, Erica said as she sat the paper plate on the ground. What? asked Addie, not even looking up from her military precision of putting each and every doll in its place. Flowers. Especially white flowers, since it is a wedding after all. Addie now looked up, squinting at Erica since the sun was behind her. Weddings do need flowers, huh? She said with the gravity of an actual wedding planner who had forgotten to book the florist. Well, have fun, honey. Erica quickly went back inside. She didn't want to push too hard. She didn't want to give Addie any ammunition to use against her. Bill would surely ask Addie about everything after the situation played itself out. Erica couldn't be less vague than that. She just hoped Addie's brain connected the dots that she had drawn. She went inside and shut the door, lit up a cigarette, and peeked out of the curtain. She gave a satisfying smack and a "Mm mm-hmm. As she eventually watched her daughter look to see if the coast was clear before slowly tiptoeing right over to the only flower bush in the courtyard, the one right in front of that dumb bitch's door. Right on time, from the far entrance, came Gary, showing around a new potential renter. 
Addie was now picking handfuls of little white flowers off the bush. Erica couldn't hear it, but it looked like she was also singing to herself. Perfect. She needed that woman to hear her outside. And, as if a bell went off, the door began to open. I told you to never come back here. Erica heard Marjorie scream. She opened the curtains wider to see past the pool to the doorway. Her view was obscured, but she could see her red face. She was now bent down, speaking angrily to Addie. Erica could barely hear what she was saying. Something about monsters? Addie looked like she was about to cry. Erica went to open the door to rescue her poor daughter, but first caught a glimpse of Gary. He was still guiding the potential renter and hadn't seemed to notice the confrontation. She took her hand off the doorknob. Addie would be fine, she thought. She'll take her to Chuck E. Cheese to make up for it. Gary had to see this. He had to do something about this awful woman. Finally, as Marjorie was dragging a red-faced and sobbing Addie to Erica's door, Gary looked to excuse himself from the renter and tried to catch up with them. He didn't catch them before came a knock at the door. Erica smoothed her hair and tried to remember to look like she was caught off guard. She opened the door and... Erica, I told you to keep your child off my doorstep. Keep her away! Marjorie screamed in Erica's face. Addie was still sobbing, her hand still hanging from Marjorie's grasp. Don't you dare touch my child. Give her to me right now. Gary, Gary, do you see what this woman is doing to Addie? All Addie was doing was playing in the courtyard. She wasn't hurting anyone. Whoa, whoa, ladies. What is going on? Who did what? An out-of-breath Gary inquired. I asked Erica to keep her child away from my door. They live all the way across the courtyard, and I don't want her kid coming to my side just messing with things around my door. She once even came into my apartment without permission. Okay, well, the courtyard is a common area, but Erica, come on, Addie can't be opening people's doors and just sitting on their doorsteps. Really, Gary? Sneered Erica. I want you to show me right now in my lease exactly what parts of the cement outside all the doors are off limits. Should I go get my lease and Bill's measuring tape? Now, Erica... Don't you care about your daughter? Interrupted Marjorie. What did you say to me, bitch? Retorted Erica. You just sit in your apartment with the door shut and the curtains closed, chain-smoking cigarettes while your daughter is off God knows where. Don't you care that anyone could just... Just what, Marjorie? A booming voice came behind Marjorie and Gary. Erica used the break in the argument to grab Addie and usher her inside. She ran directly to her room, and Erica heard her door slam. Marjorie shrunk and turned. It was her husband. Hello, folks. I was in the shower and didn't hear the commotion. I'm sorry if my wife is causing any trouble. What can I do to help? Marjorie stayed silent, and Gary still looked confused, so Erica spoke. Your wife is being completely unfair and won't let my poor daughter play outside your door. 
She's always chasing her away. She just likes the white flowers. Marjorie here even raised her voice at her and made her cry. Is that so? He glared at his wife. He even looked a little scared. I can't imagine how she treats him behind doors, Erica thought. Gary broke the awkward silence. Look, everyone, technically, yes, the courtyard is a common area, but... Erica, Addie can't be opening doors or picking flowers. Vandalizing the foliage is in your lease, and it comes with a fine and possible eviction. Erica narrowed her eyes. Well, I think I'm done here. Gary turned to Marjorie and her husband, who was turning beet red. Poor man, oh, he must be mortified, Erica thought. Without a word, Marjorie stomped back off to her side of the pool. We all good? Asked Gary impatiently. Both Erica and Mr. Smith nodded, and Gary ran back to his now very annoyed potential renter. Erica went to close the door, but Mr. Smith put up a hand to stop her. I apologize, ma'am, raising her voice, causing a scene terrorizing little girls who could just be sitting and enjoying our flowers while you watch your shows in peace. Well, this has given me a lot to think about. Oh? Erica inquired. She was never one to turn down free gossip. Yes, there have been some incidents in the past That make much more sense now. (laughs) Well, I hope they didn't all involve innocent little girls. He stared at her. She saw that fear in his eyes again. Erica realized maybe this wasn't the best time to be snarky. Uh, I'm sorry. Of course they... Look, don't worry about it. It looks like everything is solved now. Well... Not quite yet, but it will be. You have a good evening. He nodded at her and walked away. Hey, hon. Who was all that? Yawned Bill from the hallway. I fixed our neighbor problem, no thanks to you. I can't believe you slept through all that. Disdain dripped from Erica's voice. Sorry, hun. I took a muscle relaxer when I got home. My back was really acting up again. He said apologetically. Anyway, I have a feeling that Miss Marjorie is about to be out on her bony little ass. <laughs> said Erica, casually moving to do the dishes from that morning's breakfast. Hmm. Replied Bill, heading back to their bedroom. Erica dropped a fork in the sink, annoyed. Well, don't you want to know why? Bill's head popped back around the corner. Exasperated, he sighed out. Why? Her husband let it slip that this isn't the first time that crazy woman has flown off the handle and embarrassed him. He said she's always terrorizing people and he isn't going to put up with it anymore and he was about to drop her like a bad habit. He said that? Bill asked dubiously, 
Basically, that's what he said. He heavily suggested it anyway. Huh. Well, he seems like a quiet guy, even if he is a little weird. I hope he sticks around instead of her, if either of them do. I better start getting ready for work. Congrats on your win, honey. Bill turned down toward the bathroom. It wasn't my win. It was for Addie. This was all for her. Okay, well, congrats all around, he said as he shut the door. The shower started and Erica stood at the sink, staring down into the dishwater with a satisfied smirk on her face. In the next few weeks as summer dragged on, Erica had almost entirely forgotten about the entire Marjorie debacle. She was sitting by the pool one day, talking to her sister on speaker, while Addie played with an inflatable donut. Remember to stay in the shallow end, sweetie. Oh my god, Melissa, you should have seen her, waltzing in like the Queen of England. She thinks she's so much better than the rest of us, and she quit and got that (laughs) office job. Oh my god. There are hundreds of other restaurants. Why come to Sully's? Yeah. To show off her tacky new Dooney and Burke bag, that's why. Oh, yeah, exactly. Erica paused her rant to sniff the air. Is she the one who got her boobs done? The one who was sleeping with the busboy? Asked Melissa. Hold on. Ugh. I just got a waft of the nastiest smell. It smells like spoiled fruit. I wonder if that new maintenance man forgot to put out the dumpster. I'm going to have to complain to Gary about him. Ugh, it's summertime. You can't just leave a garbage out to rot. He's completely incompetent. Can you believe he told me it would be two weeks before they could fix my dishwasher? What? Waiting on a part my ass. He's just lazy. Addie, shallow end. Honestly, what am I going to do with her? Oh, you know what? I wanted to get you that number for that podiatrist I told you about. For your bunions. Addie, out of the pool. I have to go grab Aunt Melissa something. But mommy! The child whined. But mommy nothing. You know the rules. You can't be in the pool without an adult watching you. Now get your butt out and outside the fence, too. Maybe you should just go pick some of those flowers to shove up our noses. Ugh, what is that? Erica went inside for longer than she anticipated. She thought she was just going to pop in and out. But as most phone calls with her sister went... It lasted over an hour. She peeked at some point to see Addie still sitting by the flower bush, but she can't exactly remember how long passed before she checked again. She had smoked two cigarettes in that time, she knew that, because the evidence was in the ashtray. In fact, even after her sister hung up, she had decided to fold some laundry. How long that took... She wasn't sure either. The next time she checked, Addie was no longer sitting by the flower bush. In fact, the sun was even setting. The time had gotten away from her. She went out to the courtyard and looked around. She couldn't see Addie anywhere. Addie? She called her voice echoing off the walls of the complex. But no one answered. The police arrived an hour later. Erica was almost inconsolable, sitting at the table by the pool, 
The police asked her questions about Addie's last whereabouts, if she was known to wander off, what she was wearing, etc. She never wanders off. She's a good girl. She knows to stay outside the pool fence. But she's a good girl. She never goes anywhere she's not supposed to. She sobbed. What is that fucking smell? She screamed and buried her head in her hands. I was wondering the same, Sarge. It smells like a... A young officer said to the more seasoned one who was interviewing Erica. Excuse me, ma'am, said Sergeant Patola, cutting off his colleague. McDonald, come chat with me over here. He led the young man away from Erica. Look, I know what you are going to say, and I think you're right. I need you to go talk to the building manager. He's the guy over there who's been lingering around. See if you can find the source. Yeah, yeah, Sarge. The eager Officer McDonald moved to follow his orders when the sergeant stopped him once more. But first, McDonald. He leaned in close to the young man's face. Don't ever bring up dead bodies so casually in front of a hysterical mother who just had her child go missing. Use your fucking head. Oh, sorry, Sarge. Won't happen again. Okay, you can go. Sergeant Patola returned to Erica, asking more questions. Meanwhile, Officer McDonald approached a nervous Gary outside the pool's fence. Neighbors, trying to be sneaky watching out their windows, were being revealed by the fading daylight. It felt like being in a fishbowl. Uh, sir, you the building manager? Yes, officer. Uh, name's Gary. What do you need? I want to do whatever I can do to help. Gary was bouncing from foot to foot. Have you had any complaints about this terrible smell lately? I, well, yeah, but it's not garbage. Like Erica said, I haven't really had time to deal with it. It's just been pretty busy and... Do you have any idea what unit it may be coming from? If it's coming from one of the units. I have an idea, yeah. I get the most complaints from 3B and 4A. 2A is empty at the moment. New renters aren't moving in until the first. So... The officer went on impatiently. Uh, so I think it's 3A. Have you tried contacting the residents? Uh, no, I'm... Like I said, it's it's been a busy time. And let's go take a walk over there, sir. Gary knocked and knocked. He called out to the smiths to answer. They held their hands up to their faces. The sickly, sweet smell of whatever was inside, mingling with the aroma released from the white flowers was enough to make a man vomit. Officer McDonald tried to look through the windows. What he thought was tinting to keep out the sun was actually hundreds, if not thousands, of flies completely coating the big bay window and the smaller bathroom window. Sarge, I need you to see this! He yelled across the courtyard. 
They ordered Gary to open the door, or they would break it down. He fumbled with his many keys, and as soon as the door was opened, it was a symphony of gagging and retching. It took them quite a while to find the source. The power in the apartment had been cut off, and it was pitch black inside. Eventually, Officer McDonald thought to open the fridge, where they found the broken pieces of Marjorie Smith. Police say there was evidence someone had been living in the apartment despite the lack of electricity. They believe it was suspect Buck Smith, a fake name from a stolen identity that he had given to rent the apartment. They believe he may also be responsible for the kidnapping of a young girl in the complex. He is described as being over six feet tall, around 50 years of age, with gray thinning hair and blue eyes, with a large build. Evidence suggests the victim was murdered weeks before its discovery. Police credit the unpaid electricity bill to the increasing smell that alerted the neighbors. The identity of that victim has finally been revealed. Using DNA evidence, the victim has been discovered to be that of Sarah Beth Halloway, who was abducted 15 years ago while playing outside her home when she was only 8 years old. Buck Smith was last seen driving a tan 1990 GMC Sierra pickup truck. He may be in possession of six-year-old Addison Jane Walker. If you see either of them, please contact your local police department. Thanks for listening. Um, If you'd like to follow the show, you can go to Twitter... Instagram and Facebook at Scare You to Sleep. On Facebook, it is a group, so just answer the couple questions. You can feel free to say podcast, podcast. You can also follow the show on YouTube. I'm trying to grow the YouTube, so I'd really appreciate if you'd uh, like and subscribe. That's what they all say, right? I really appreciate it. I'm having fun branching out into different things. If you go, you'll see that I have some original content not available on the podcast, as well as I'm uh, putting up all the guided, slowly putting up all the guided nightmares with some visuals. Um, I know some people find visuals very helpful uh, when it comes to relaxation, and some people just, their brains, it's harder for them to make pictures. So I thought I'd throw in some nice, relaxing but uh, appropriate visuals for each individual episode. And so those are going to go up there. And also you can follow me on, you can join my Patreon page, which is going to be more active now that I've taken this break. And again, thank you so, so much for being so patient with me. This is the first time, and this is the worst break I've ever needed. I, I absolutely got into a very very, very, very dark headspace. I won't go into it. It's all personal bullshit, but I know you've been in a dark place before, so I'm sure you can imagine. And I, on top of that, I, I was going to say I'm really appreciative because I, this is the first time I've taken a break where I didn't get a single DM message, email, anything that was upset at me for taking a break Strangely, I know some of you are like, well, why would you get that? Weirdly, every single time I've taken a break doing this show, 
I've gotten something that's been like kind of mean about me taking a break and this is the first time it didn't happen and it was the time I really needed it not to happen so that was good the universe uh, set me up well and I appreciate all of you I've also gotten some very big career news and I cannot wait to bake a big batch of cinnamon rolls and drink some champagne and I cannot wait to tell you what this news is. I have to sit on it for quite a while before I can tell you, like I'm talking mid-year, summertime. But I have other good news that I'm going to be able to share with you soon. Um, I'm really getting the chance to spread my wings this year. It was starting at the end of last year, and I'm very excited about up-and-coming projects. These things are not scary to sleep related, but you're going to really, really like them. They're still some of them horror related, and I think you're really going to enjoy them, and I'm very, very excited. Um, yeah, and oh, also, please let me know. I'd love to get kind of a, <laughs> I guess a poll. I'm running a poll. Uh, do you think these rambles at the end should be as long? Should they be shorter? Should they be longer? Should they kind of go away and I can just end the show with you know a quick thanks to the author with where the social media is etc and a sweet dreams because I'm not really sure I'm kind of feeling weird about the rambles at the end I don't dislike them I don't dislike doing them but I don't know let me know I'd love to see kind of an overall how everyone's feeling and I will try to adjust into what the majority says I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to even maybe make the rambles into just a Patreon thing. Um, if that's <laughs> something that uh, you would like. Uh, yeah. And oh, also speaking of Patreon, it's going to be much, much more active. I think, did I already say that? I don't remember. <laughs> if I didn't, it's going to be much more active after my break. Uh, I Again, I severely needed it. I was in a really ugly place and... I can't thank you enough for sticking through all this with me and just really being there. And I'm being sappy again. I'm always sappy. Anyway, I'm going to go. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year, since I didn't get to tell you when it happened. I hope you had such a good holiday season. It's going to be a great year. Remember, positive energy, manifest all that good stuff. Um, yeah, just positive outlook. Let's start the year off with I don't know, maybe not getting in so many internet fights and just leaving love and light or just walking away from those internet fights um, and not saying anything at all. Um, (laughs) It's something I'm working on. I'm not trying to nitpick anyone in particular. This is something that I have had to work on. Um, Just like not letting strangers have any effect on my mental well-being. You know what I mean? Kind of like... you can't change what people's opinions are going or you can't control what people's opinions are going to be of you despite how hard you try to be a good person and everything people are going to think what they want to think and just live your life that's my advice i don't know if it's good advice i'm here here i am just out of like a mental fucking black hole and i'm like here i know the secret to life (laughs) but for right now that's my advice just let go they're going to think what they want to think. Just live your life. Be happy. We don't, we're not happy enough these days. We're not, right? Right? Just be happy. Okay. I'm going to go. And you're going to go. 
and you should go drink some water. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.